Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. As always, I've got my Bible open to get things started, and I always loved this verse, and I think about it every time I start studying God's Word, and that comes from Psalm 119, verse 18, that says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. So I always want to open my eyes that God would let me see the wonderful things in His Word, which we'll be doing all week studying His Word and I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have a great show. Patrick Albanese is going to be joining me in just seconds. And then uh, David Miles, Pastor David Miles, will be coming in for the Monday afternoon mix. So I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, performance artist Philip Shorey will be with me in hour two. So it's really going to be a great day. But to get things started, I always like to connect with my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome. Thank you. And, I, you know, I'm, you know, it's... You and I have been friends for a, a very long time, and uh, I was realizing how nice it is that this week the Vikings-Bears game is on on Monday night so that uh, we're able to get through today's show in a congenial manner. <laughs> <laughs> but when this conversation ends, we are done being friends until the game is over. Until the game is over, and then one of us is going to have to slowly walk his way back and eat some pot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm feeling good about the Vikings for tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling good. So I don't know how you feel about your team. I I will tell you exactly how I feel about my team. I think that my team is the worst team with a winning record. And I think that the Vikings are the best team with a losing record. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I, um, I, and I don't even know, is it in Chicago or is it in Minnesota? Um, I think it's not in, like home field. This home field advantage. It's like we're going to turn the roar up a little bit. No, longer. no, it's, it's going to be at Soldier Field. It's in Chicago, so you definitely uh, have the home field advantage because of the outdoor weather. I don't think so. It's just that's the way it, it turns. It's uh, Chicago's turn yeah. to have the game at home tonight. Well, I, uh, I I I don't feel good about it, but uh, I will do my best to watch. And, uh, you know, it's funny, it, it takes a while to figure out you know, what you, when you're trying to look at sports, for instance, you're going, you know, how do you really know who your favorite team is? And you say, it's the team you never root against. And I realize, like, you know, sometimes I, I'll root for the Packers, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll root for the Vikings, most of the time I won't. <laughs> but uh, I go, my Chicago Bears, I go, I've never rooted against them. Mm-hmm. So that must be my team. That yeah. must be my team. Well, I'm glad we like things like, you know, football and yeah. Baseball, and you know, I was reading in the paper today uh, about a racing pigeon that sold for a record 1.9 million. 1.9 million. Yeah, the bidding got out a little out of control. I saw that article. Uh, yeah, I dropped out at 1.8. Was that you? Yeah, that was me. I dropped out then. I was trying to figure out who had uh, who, who had outbid my one point. It's a pigeon. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, well, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful that at 1.7, when somebody when you took the 1.8, I thought, okay, good, good, good. I'm not, uh, <laughs> now you're not stuck with this pigeon. You know, uh, I I mean, you have a magic background. I have a magic background, and uh, when I was younger, I thought that the key to my success would be to have a couple of pigeons, but magicians call them doves. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. And, uh, so I bought a couple of doves and tried to train them so I could do magic with the doves. How'd that work out? It did not work okay. out. <laughs> it, uh, in fact, uh, I remember one night waking up in the middle of the night frantic. It's like, oh my gosh, because my mom said, you got to keep those birds in the basement and and because they're noisy as can be. They coo all night long, <laughs> cover them with a blanket, you know. So, God bless your uh, mother. I, oh, yes. Uh, she was great about so many things, you know. It's like if I wanted magic tricks, she said, you can build them. Just take apart that cabinet over there and you can use that wood. <laughs> uh, it was always the worst wood, too. Mm -hmm. But um, so I wake up in the middle of the night saying, oh, my gosh, I have forgotten to feed my birds and it's got to be a month. Oh, I've come on. You didn't go a month? I I I, had, I thought I've completely neglect, neglected my duty. I, I you know I was excited about these birds and then I fell out of excitement pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, because they were a lot of work. And I woke up. I said I can't. I I'm I'm a bird killer. I'm a I, and so of course I get up. I, I mean I don't hit the snooze button. That's a good thing. And I race down to the basement and I don't have birds. I had given them away like a month earlier to a friend of mine who actually cared for birds. Yes, exactly. But I I was so used to forgetting about them that it was not unusual. It's like that when, when you wake up on a Saturday morning and hustle to get ready to go to school and the rest of your family is laughing at you uh -huh. as you, you're just, you're going, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And they're eating breakfast casually. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's an appropriate time when you're worked up into a frenzy where they say it's Saturday. Yeah. So. Oh, I love I've that. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. So I sent you a couple of things to discuss. One of the things I found really interesting is the Selena Soul, who is a sprinter in oh. Connecticut, who stood up to the fact that she dedicated her whole life to training and to trying to uh, win a scholarship, and she got to be yeah. one of the top five runners in the entire state of Connecticut. It was all wiped away um, by a transgender athlete. And really, yeah. the, the the whole idea two that, yeah, two of them, that that women's sports could kind of go off into oblivion, couldn't they? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, my, my daughter is 11. She's interested in theater, so we're going to have to work on that. But um, it's, uh, I would be nervous it, because knowing the amount of dedication, my wife was a sprinter uh, and uh, it, it was, you know, she, she did okay in high school. Uh, in fact, their uh, high school was able to go to state, and then uh, her dad said, well, you're you're not going to be going to state. I've seen the girls you're going to be competing against. Believe me, <laughs> you are not going to win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, to think that, you know, she she put a lot of dedication into that. It was a lot of work. And to think that, you know, somebody could swoop along at the very last minute. I mean, this is last minute stuff. And somebody shows up, says, I now identify as female and I'm competing on the girls team and years of your hard work. And it's, it's a, an amazing amount of sacrifice because, you know, teenage kids getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go running in the middle of winter in the Midwest, uh, that's dedication. Yeah. And she talks about trying to shave fractions of a second off her time, you know, and she said, I, my dedication meant that I, I really didn't hang out after school or go out with friends because I was I was getting up and training and I was trying to do everything that I could to try to become this champion. And it was oh. all it was all wiped away instantly. I forgot the name of the uh, because she brings up the uh, you sent me this great video and people should look this up. It's but it, it was um, the fastest woman in the world uh, that she was r referring to. 
And uh, she said, this is, she's, you know, she's the number one fastest yeah. runner. Allison, you know, runner the- Allison Felix. That's it. Yes. Yep. And uh, 300 high school age boys are faster than her. Yeah. 300 uh, high school boys in the U.S. alone could beat that record. Yeah. And these aren't exactly what you'd say elite athletes. These are high school boys that eat pizza. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but they just happen to be very, very fast. And, and, you know, it's funny. She brought up a thing. and it, This is a brave young woman because you're not supposed to say this stuff. And, you know, I'm always amazed at what you, you know, you think you've thought an issue through and you say, well, I understand, you know, women will lose scholarships, young ladies will lose scholarship opportunities, and that's terrible. And they won't win trophies and medals that they've dedicated their life to. And she brought up a third point that I had never thought about, and almost shame on me for not thinking about this, but she said, if this continues, all women will be erased from the history books of women's sports. Hmm. Because they're they're setting new records that no woman will ever be able to meet. And if these stand, you know, they're replacing and it'll be the, you know, the top 10 names will be uh, genetical, genetically born men that will own all the records and girls will lose opportunities. Uh, and I, 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 it was really disturbing. She said they tell you to just, you know, be seen but not heard. Yeah, she was just trying to say that there is there is biological differences in strength and speed between the boys and the girls. That's real. But if you say that, she said you're called a bigot. Well, what it's uh, you know um, I, I think we 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 toss terms around quite casually these days, and I don't know what the end game with all of this is because you know whatever somebody's agenda is, they say, well, you know these. Transgender athletes should be able to compete in the sport that they choose and as the gender that they choose. Uh, you say, well, what's the end game here then? Like, do we eventually separate men's and women's sports completely? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the end game is, but mm-hmm. I know there won't be a whole lot of men winning ice skating titles because the women are that much better. Mm-hmm. All right. Patrick, but, you know, it's so funny. Yeah, I go ahead. Yeah, you, I love watching women's ice skating. It's the most unbelievably it, knuckle-biting sport. It is. It's fantastic. I mean, the artist, the artistry that they pull off is is uh, breathtaking, really. It is breathtaking. Yeah. Um, I had a chance of going to the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in 92, and there was something uh, amazing about seeing the, the women compete, and the men for that matter, but uh, live in an arena. Because on television, you don't quite hear the sounds that you do in the rink. And when you see um, yeah. uh, an athlete who has trained their whole life for this moment and they hit and their 16 ru- years old, by the way, right, I get that. But they hit their <laughs> routine to the best of their ability and their arms go up in the air and that pumping victory kind of, I oh. did it. Uh, I dare you not to reach for a Kleenex because you, it's there. It's so emotional to be in the rink because uh, you, I, I you, you, you feel the, that it's you can feel the, the this is my my whole life I've trained and, and here it is and I and I <laughs> made I did it um, I did it I nailed it and, and, and like you said you know, they're they're like sixteen years old and I mean imagine that pressure you felt trying to cram for that English lit test <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't do well on by the way which you did not do well on no uh, but uh, just multiply that by <laughs> pick a number pick a number yeah it's amazing and that they they hold up and they hold together. 
Yeah. So, so I remember uh, leaving the rink and there was an athlete that uh, had kind of a bad fall, um, got up, you know, acted like nothing happened, even though we all know as spectators, it's over. You know, yeah. you don't fall and ever uh, win a big um, first, second or third place. But I had gotten up from the uh, my place in the rink and I went to get a coffee or something and I and I saw the athlete, you know, in the in the lobby of the rink. And I, I just said, uh, hey, I thought you did spectacular today. He goes and he said to me, ah, not my best effort, but uh, I'll be back for more. I thought, wow, what an incredible attitude. You wipe out at the Olympics, That's, and he says, eh, not my best day, but I'll be back for more. Uh, that is amazing. Yeah. You good, know, and, you, and those are some – when you get hurt there, it's because you're pushing – it's not like, you know, accidentally uh, miscalculating a curb. <laughs> right. I'm, what did that put you out for, a month? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's those, it's those calves of yours. Right. Uh, you know, these people, these are – I mean, some of these injuries take a year – to overcome or longer, yeah. just intense therapy, and just to have that attitude to say, "Oh, I'm getting right back up," and I'm going to, I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'd be, I'd be afraid to get on a pair of ice skates." I always a, have. Been. It's a great reminder. I think the Chinese have a great expression: "Fall down seven times, get up eight. I love that. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Albanese is my guest. We'll take a short break and be right back. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. And that walk-up music belongs to Patrick Albanese, my friend uh, from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, uh, you sent me something which I found uh, amazing, and this is in Denmark, but I would uh, appreciate you uh, sharing that. Well, uh, there was a, a law about to go on the books uh, regarding COVID, and it would have given the government a, a lot of power. Um, the, you know, and uh, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, we should be more like Denmark. Well, uh, this was one of those times where Denmark said, we don't want to be like Denmark. This is, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. This is pretty yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. And uh, this law would have given the government, um, thanks to COVID, uh, people who were infected could be forcibly given an, a medical examination, hospitalized, treated, and placed in isolation. So mm-hmm. against your will. And the government would have been able to define groups of people who had to be, you know, by, by you know, force of law, had to be vaccinated. And people that refused the above could be coerced through physical detainment. Uh, so jail. And, you know, I've seen some people here saying, you know what, if you if you don't wear the mask, it should be a really expensive fine to f- force compliance. And, uh, you know, whatever you're feeling on masks, I, I, you know, you, you start to get into this area of, you know, how many how much are we willing to do? And Denmark, which I think is a little bit further down the the road of allowing the government to call all the shots, uh, the, the citizens rose up. They rose up. And they protested. And I, I, I have to say, I love the way they protested. They uh, protested for nine consecutive days, banging pots and pans outside of <laughs> outside of all the lawmakers, you know, where they worked and their homes. 
and just and created quite the ruckus, you know. And that I mean that first off, that uh, you have to use the good cookware for that because uh, the the cheap cookware won't hold up for nine days. Uh, you know, if you've got kids, you know they start banging cookware. Right. But uh, you know, and it's it's funny. You say, well, I guess is that a peaceful protest? I mean, it's it's peaceful in that nobody gets hurt, but it's pretty loud. <laughs> and I I had come across a couple of videos where you know somebody just captured like a cell phone video. It's pretty amazing how, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> banging pots and pans together can make an awful lot of noise. But it was successful. They decided not to pass the laws. And I actually caught a video of one woman and she was in tears. She said, this is it's just a bridge too far. Because once you've granted them this kind of power, you know, how often can they they wield that kind of power? Um, you know, I, I believe Jesus might have had a thing or two to say about that. You know, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, render unto Caesar the things that were Caesar's and like to say, we think Jesus was a socialist. We're pretty sure of it. We don't want to check into any of his other stuff, however. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, there's one God and that's our guy. Yeah. Uh, and we're giving governments this kind of almost godlike power uh, over your life. Uh, it's it's scary times because, you know, it's if you don't think they're, you know, if they have in their sights coming for your church and um, your organizations, think again. Yeah. Hmm. So, so you uh, told me a story uh, last week and I was thinking about it over the weekend and I think I sent you a little note about it where you and your wife are sitting in your home and a construction <laughs> worker comes in your back door. Yeah, it's um, we didn't. I mean, we didn't really know he was a construction worker, but yeah. I had just this guy comes gotten, in, walks in. Yeah, I, yeah, he walks in, and so I have you know I have we have a, a doorway into the house from the garage, and the garage door was open because I had just come back from dropping the kids off at school, and so I come in, and my wife and I are just chit chatting in the living room, and then we hear the the door open, and I'm thinking, oh, I left the garage, the big garage door open, it's just blowing the door open. There's no way the kids got home. And, you know, I just dropped them off. And all of a sudden, this guy walks in and looks at us. He goes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two of us are a little, a little sheepishly say, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, am I in the wrong house? It's like, I'm pretty sure you're in the, the wrong house. <laughs> so well, my next door neighbors were getting some work done and there's construction being done on my street. The construction stops at the end of my driveway. So everything that's going to the neighbors, they have, the, people are just living in my driveway anymore. And I've, I've, I've not been a very good. In fact, I looked out in the driveway today. There's a car parked there. I go, okay, who's parking in my driveway? There's nobody in the car. And then, and then I see the neighbor and she's going out to get the groceries and uh, she's struggling. And I thought I should help her, but she parked in my driveway without asking. <laughs> You know, it's but everybody's using my driveway. So this construction worker just he thought this was the house because all and, the mailboxes are down. Right. So he had to guess pretty much which house was yeah. the one he thought he was supposed to be in. And it turns out it was the one next to you. And he walks in and you go, you're in the wrong house. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he holds up his phone. He says, GPS says this is it. It's oh, like, funny. I'm here to tell you this is not it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it got if me, you're doing drywall. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It just got me thinking, though, that kind of the answer for all of us we're all kind of in the wrong house because you know we struggle with this world and this life and 
and that we mm-hmm. kind of are in the in the wrong house because our citizenship is in heaven and God has already prepared a place for us. Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, until we take up residence in our permanent home, life on this earth is uh, kind of time in the wrong house. Yeah, and it's where we put all our energy. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's funny how you can't learn a lesson enough, oh, frequently I enough. Know. I'm, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I'm one of those people says, oh, I have to learn that lesson again. I know we've had this conversation many times, but if I look back on my life, uh, you know, all years of it, I'm sorry, was that a glitch? That was a glitch. Yeah. Yes. Glitch. Yeah. Well, let's just say it's a technology. Yeah. 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 Um, but, um, I, I think I've been bailed out. I don't want to say bailed out. I can look back and see God has been there so many times for me, and then I always get nervous again. I get nervous every single time when yeah. things get a little bit scary, and he's always saying to me, hey, put your trust in me. Mm-hmm. I, I've, yeah, I've earned it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's faithful, and um, we can trust that. It's just that, that human frailty, I think, sometimes where we, we just don't— uh, I don't think we pray enough. I don't think we come to God with this prayer that says, I trust you. I think it's floating around our head, but we have to really commit to prayer and just saying, this is what's before me this day. I'm committing my prayer uh, to you that you will um, help me today. So that's what I've been doing a lot lately. I think you have too. I have. And have you noticed, by the way, that it's often people in more difficult circumstances that worry less than than those of us who are quite fortunate in uh, most of our circumstances. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. Yeah. I you, mean, my as you know, my wife's family, muscular dystrophy, and they were just one day at a time people, put faith in God, move forward. And I thought, my goodness, how did they do that? Yeah. And they just do it. Well, I've seen incredible transformations come out of people with addictions or a staggering loss or an incredible health problem or economic trouble. Uh but I, I'm convinced as believers, we're overcomers and we have, pow- we have the power to, to be reckoned with because our power comes from the Lord. So look I, you out. You know what? I, yeah. I knew a guy in uh, Hollywood, very successful, uh, worth hundreds of millions of dollars and uh, not a nice guy. And then he got a cancer diagnosis and uh, the transformation, and he did pass away from it. Mm-hmm. He found Christ. And the transformation into the person that I saw uh, that he had become, I didn't have any more interactions with him, but I saw him uh, on social media, and, I, and then I would occasionally talk to people that also knew him, and I was like, my gosh, that's what it took. But, mm-hmm. he, but he did it. Yeah. He did it. You know, the scariest thing that could ever, and he was happy for the first time. Love that it. He had, he had peace. Yeah. Uh, Hard oh. way to get to it, but the best thing that ever happened to him, I promise. Yep. Yeah. Now, by the way, a little yeah. bit of trivia for you. You understand why there there are the June weddings. The reason why there are June weddings are popular is because 400 years ago, your yearly bath in May meant you still smell pretty good. Comes <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Patrick. Have a good rest of the day. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. See yep. you later. Patrick Albany is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. After a short break, we'll be back with the Monday afternoon mix. Miles Arnold and Maxwell will be right back. It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno, 
Welcome back to the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Greetings. Hello. Hello. There's David. Hey, David. Hey, Rebecca. Hi. Everyone's good. Nice to see everyone, except Rebecca. I can't see you because you're in Des Moines. You know, ever since you left Rebecca, I don't hear any big words anymore. Oh, no. You used to say a lot of big words because you have a really good vocabulary, which I miss. (laughs) Do you have one for us? <laughs> well, you know, I just try. I sometimes take those trivia uh, little games on the, you know, on my phone, and and it's uh, vocabulary, and I seem to get them wrong all the time. So if Rebecca was here, she'd get them right all the time because she's got this huge vocabulary. And how did you build oh. that vocabulary? Don't say read. Uh, right, exactly. Because how is reading going to make you smarter? Exactly. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> readers no, are readers. So, so I mean, you you were reading. active about learning big words, weren't you? I really was yeah. uh, because I, I loved reading and I kind of grew up in the library. I was a word nerd and, but I will say my parents encouraged it in a way that I didn't appreciate at the time because instead of when I would come across a word, I didn't know instead of telling me what it meant, they would tell me to go look it up in the dictionary. Mm. And I thought that was so annoying because I thought if you know the answer, why won't you just tell me? <laughs> uh, right. They made me drag down this 20 pound red Webster's dictionary uh, and then I learned a lot because if you look up words, you start to learn what other words mean. You get maybe some precision or some synonyms and it just, it, it kind of activated my word nerd reflex. And so now I still do to this day, I write down words that I enjoy or uh, little known words and I look them up and that really does help with, uh, with my vocabulary. Yeah. Do you have a couple? Well, there's one. I, I said to Rebecca once, I go, here's the longest word I've ever seen in my life. And I couldn't in my life begin to pronounce it. And she rattled it off like she had said it earlier that morning. And it just, <laughs> do you remember the word, Rebecca? I think it was pneumono ultra microscopic silico volcaniconiosis. <laughs> See, uh, I, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. And what's that mean? No further calls, Your Honor. We're done. <laughs> it's a, it was a disease. It was like Say the it again. longest. Say it again slower. Dictionary. <laughs> pneumono ultra microscopic silico volcaniconiosis. See what I mean? I saw that word no. and I said, okay, Rebecca, here's a word you don't know for sure. And she told no, me, she goes, no, I know that word. <laughs> That's so fun because like Jesus just said, respect. Rebecca spelled the word is, I-S, oh. mic drop. Mic drop. Because he's right. just like, exactly. <laughs> but I love that word. You know, like, you have words like ubiquitous. Yeah. You know. Those are good. I know that word. Yeah. yeah. Plethora. Yeah. I know plethora. Yeah. Um, 12526 decalical, no, 12526 decalicosiferol. I don't know oh, wow. Which was like the active form of vitamin D. My one professor at North Dakota State University, Go Bison, said, I'm going to make sure that you remember this forever. And so, mm-hmm. like, and I hope I remembered it right. Yeah. And if not, one of our listeners can, you know, chime in and say, leave the words to Rebecca. <laughs> but when we well, go... guys, you know what... Oh, go ahead, Rebecca. No, you go first. I was going to say, you know what we're doing right now, and this might be a word of the day, Which is, is what? confabulating. Uh, Ooh, break that confabulating. down. I hear fab and I hear con. Confab? Yeah. <laughs> Confabulate to to chat to converse as friends. Then did you you knew that word in advance of today, didn't you? You just didn't look that up, right? right. Well, I didn't know, but I just thought, oh, well, that might be a fun word yeah. that might be appropriate. Yeah. Now let's transfer this to how important it is to understand words in God's 
words. God's word, how important it is to say, look at, here's the word believe. We should know exactly what it means. Nice Ooh. segue, Bill. Thank I like you. that. Thank you. <laughs> that yes, is, it's like incredibly if, Like if you know a little Greek, right, you may know the word believe from John 3.16, right? Mm-hmm. And that Greek word is what? Pistuo. Pistuo. Did, you knew that, Rebecca, didn't you? Right. Yeah. Of and, course. And one of the beautiful things about John's <laughs> gospel, and this is like super, super cool, is that John gives the thesis statement of his gospel, and it actually includes that word. So in John chapter 20, verse 31, um, John is writing, and he says in verse 30, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe, pistuo, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's just sweet. It's so sweet. So, And it really helps us to distill the purpose of that, as you just said, Bill. I mean, we can go from the very beginning of John and then see the thread of that evidence bringing us towards faith all throughout his entire gospel. And then, you know, like the awesome the writer that the Holy Spirit is, um, wraps it up right at the end by encouraging us to do exactly that, that it's not just enough to hear, to, to kind of take or leave what you've just read, but these are these things are written that you may believe. Now, what's really like super fun when we think about this is Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. And so in verse 20, you know, um, you know, he, he, he talks about, sanctify the disciples by the sanctify them in the truth your word is truth and as you sent me into the world so I, world so i have sent them into the world but then in verse 20 goes i do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word and and then he gets into that very rich part of us being one but what's so like super like amazingly cool about this is that you know, today is November 15th. It is 4.38 and 03 seconds going here. Mm-hmm. And as you're listening to this, as you're listening to this in Sioux Falls, driving down I-29, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are an answer to Jesus's prayer in John 17, 20. Because again, what does it say? I do not ask only for these, the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And all of us on this call, all of us listening as we're driving, as you're listening online right now, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's because God's word spread for those imperfect disciples. And the word of God went throughout uh, throughout Israel, through J- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So that as you're sitting in Fargo, North Dakota, you know, outside the Chick-fil-A by West Acres Mall on South 13th. I used to live in Fargo. I can and tell. It, it is, <laughs> and as you're listening to this at KFNW up in Fargo, you know, you're, you're, you're not happenstance. I mean, like, literally, Jesus prayed this before going to Gethsemane. And today, as you are driving in your car, you are an answer prayer to the Savior's heart that you would believe in him. And, and God has done that. And that is... That's just really cool. Does that not make your heart sore? S O A R. 
I mean, if we're going to be word specific, <laughs> uh, if we're going to be word specific, we got to be word specific. We are doing etymology today, which is yes. the study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever, is. and believing in his name. Yes, and the word believe is more than just making a intellectual consent. It's believing in, relying upon, clinging to. That's a real, I think, a rich definition of believe out of John 3.16. Mm-hmm. Something that you can put your loyalty in, put all of your weight on, and trust. Allegiance. Did I get that word from oh. you, David? Allegiance? I don't know who I who wants credit for that word, allegiance. One of my guests does. I thought it was you, David. Um, I'm not sure. Do you remember who who gave us that word, Rebecca? Oh, remember that's a good one. Remember you used to work one. with me? Was it... I, it, <laughs> it was one of the Q and A guy talk times, I think. Oh, okay, it was so, one of the guys. So Peter? Uh, I don't think it was. Peter. It might have been. Okay. We can give credit to Peter. Sure. Why yeah. not? Well, yeah, until it gets refuted. <laughs> well, you know, for those that might have just tuned in a little bit and you're driving, you're like, you know, who, who are these three people talking about believe? I'm not sure I can believe in that. And like, what are they talking about? Well, we're talking about faith and trust, believing, as Bill said, placing your full trust in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and the heart, the cardia, as it talks about that, that meant the seed of your emotion, all your decision making. You know, we talk about it sometimes when you, we use the idiom, like, you know, you're watching a game on football and they're like, that player had no heart. It doesn't mean like they didn't literally have a heart. It's just that their fullness wasn't there. And it's saying here, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. I like that. David, I, I wonder if we could go into that just a little bit more for just to illustrate the difference between the intellectual assent that something could well be true and then taking that step to put our full weight and trust and allegiance in the truth um, of of that word, of that reality. Because it's if we have maybe heard it from the time that we were young, you know, Jesus was the Son of God, he came to earth, he died for our sins, and if you believe in him, then you can have life in him. And that sounds really good, and so there are probably a lot of people that say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But I think that is a very different thing than we're talking about right now, um, than taking that full, um, that putting everything that we are in that being true. Could you maybe go into detail into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, like sometimes, um, you know, I, I love how the old uh, Dr. D. James Kennedy used to talk a little bit about this. You know, we have different types of things, faith, belief, trust. And, you know, sometimes we, we come to God and we have kind of like, you know, travel trust. You know, Lord, I, I want to just trust you with my my travel. Or, you know, we have intellectual scent, as you say, you know, I, I trust that this may happen. But for a number of people right now, like Bill and I, we're sitting down in a chair. And Bill, how much thought have you given to the fact that you're sitting in a chair since you got here? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah, zero. You know, and one of the things is that you came in, you sat down and you fully trusted that that chair would hold your weight, that it would hold you on the ground and hold you up from the ground from crashing down. And so it's not just merely an intellectual idea of hopingness or 
kind of like, ah, oh, this seems like a really good idea. It's us fully resting, fully trusting, fully sitting completely in the work of what Jesus has done on the cross, that he truly did die for our sins, you know, and that it's not just like, hey, this is a, you know, this is a nice idea. Jesus was like a, a good person. No, it's the idea that, yes, we are, as the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And sin has separated us from God, and we cannot save ourselves. But that by believing and trust and fully resting, fully sitting in the work of Christ and depending on his work, that we trust in him, that through that we're saved in him. I like that, David. I think a good exercise for all of us would be we're going to take a 90-second break. So... During the next 90 seconds, maybe a couple of deep breaths, and then say, I am just going to trust you, Lord, with what's on my plate today, because you will meet my needs today, and I'm going to trust you for it. We'll be right back with the Monday Afternoon Mix. Miles Arnold, Maxwell, be right back. bad, Rebecca, don't you think? Pretty good. I like it. It's way better than my baritone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the fun things about believing and trusting in Jesus is that Jesus, you know, it, it he changes your life. And what's neat is that we've been having a conversation here um, with John, the gospel writer. And sometimes it's neat to kind of hear some of the background story. It's kind of like when you, when you, some of the famous hymns that we sing, like when peace, like it is well with my soul, like Horatio Spafford, what actually led him to write that. But I think it'd be helpful for our our listening audience to hear a little bit about the John who would write about believing in Jesus, who would also write about love. So in Luke chapter nine, Um, It says, when the days drew near for him, Jesus, to be taken up, he set his feet to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him who went up and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparation for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? And so when you read about belief and trusting in Jesus, the, the very person writing about this, who then later on in 1 John would write about how God is love and loving people, this was his before Jesus story. This mm-hmm. is his before Jesus really, you know, transforming his heart, that when he got slighted, his response was, hey, how about we, you know, how about we weaponize God and just destroy these ethnically different Samaritans? But something happens when we believe and when we trust in Christ. I like it. Another fine point by Pastor David Miles. 
Yeah, we've stopped keeping score because he gets all the points. No, I don't get any points. (laughs) I love that, though, because I, I was thinking that that God is so glorified in everything that he does. But one of the most amazing things that we can see and we can give thanks for is the transformation that's happened in our own life. Because we know if we look into our hearts and into our diaries from the past, the the depth of our own depravity before and without Christ. And he chooses to glorify himself by transforming us, which is pretty incredible. And, and that isn't true just only for us, but for every human throughout history. And so I just, I love that you shared that part of John's less than glamorous testimony because he wasn't a perfect person and yet he was so used by God, which I think provides hope for all of us. It it really does. And I think sometimes what we might need to not forget is, and this is, I know Maybe our listeners have heard this quote by Tim Keller. He says, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever, de- ever dare believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more deeply loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dare hope. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful line. I love Isn't that, that line. A great I've heard line. it many times and I just love it every time I hear it. I mean, it's like we are far more sinful... And I think one of the things that's happened, you know, in the um, 1800s, you know, late 19th century, um, with just some disillusionment with civil war and even after World War One, the nation really, the, the, the Christian world began to flip from being postmodern, you know, um, postmillennialist, thinking we can work and bring about the kingdom of God to becoming premillennialists where we're like the world's all going to just go down the pipes before Jesus returns. And, you know... One of the things is that humanity, it is sinful. Scripture speaks to that. We, we are broken, and yet God still has made us in his image. And we, you know, the psalmist says, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. God made us, you know. So, you know, even as you're driving today and you're thinking, I am like worthless. I, I am garbage. Like the old folks said, God doesn't make any junk. And yes, we are sinful, Um but one of the most beautiful pictures of this is I, I remember Tammy and I, we were in Chicago going to the church where we were going to do our internship, Judson Baptist Church of Oak Park. And I remember opening up the door and DJ was sitting in his car seat and he had had a fever. But when I opened up the door, he had threw up all over himself. And you know what I did? I picked my son up and we went into church and we cleaned him off. Yeah, he threw up on himself. That wasn't pretty, but it did not change my love for him. Mm-hmm. And God looks at us in our throw up and in our mess and our sin and all of this other stuff. And he's like, you know what? God demonstrates his own love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And not only that, I'm going to give the capacity for you to have a relationship with me and even believe on my name. I love it's it. Overwhelming. It, it it's is. overwhelming. Yeah. So, <laughs> I had a friend uh, send me something today, which I've been chewing on a little bit, and it was a incident of uh, them being in a store um, and heard a loud crash, and there was some shattering glass, and, and wow. walked over s- toward the sound, saw some people kind of whispering and looking back uh, to the end of the next aisle, and w- when I walked down the aisle, I saw an older lady 
uh, had hit a shelf and many things had fallen to the ground and, and broken. She was kneeling on the floor, embarrassed, frantically trying to clean it up. Felt so bad for her. Everyone was just kind of standing there staring at her. So he said, I, I went and knelt beside her and told her not to worry and started helping her pick up the broken pieces. Mm. And then after about a minute, the store manager came and said, you know, don't just, you can leave it. We'll, we'll clean this up. And the woman was totally embarrassed and said, well, I need to pay for this. And the manager said, no, we have insurance for this. You don't have to pay for it. So um, then, so you can always imagine God doing pretty much the same for you. Just think of the broken pieces of the mistakes in your life or the broken pieces from a broken heart and all the blows that life has thrown at you uh, all over the floor and you're trying to collect all these pieces and, and fix them yourself. Now, now imagine Jesus comes and kneels down right next to you and smiles and says, leave it here, I'll, I'll clean it up for you. I mean, he loves us that much and he wants to put those pieces of our life back together if we let him. And uh, we have his insurance. It's called grace. It's free. It is. You know, there's a there's a term for that, Bill, which you just talked about, and it's called the bystander effect or bystander apathy. Mm. And it was a theory that stated that individuals are less likely to help a victim when other people are present. And so things can happen and people just kind of, they go by. Um, but, you know, an example... A beautiful example of what Jesus has done for us gets illustrated in Scripture with another really cool big word, and it's the story of the Good Samaritan, you know. And it states that both the priest and the Levite, Edo, they both saw the man. But when it talks about the Good Samaritan, it says, and he saw him and had spalignochismai, which is a big word that almost sounds like Italian, like you want to, <laughs> you want to break yeah. out some tiramisu or something, right. you know, that, but it means that he had compassion. And, you know, one of the very cool things with the, with the bystander effect is that there was a huge crowd on top of Golgotha. And matter of fact, with that big crowd, they kept saying, Jesus, save yourself. You know, don't, don't help these people. Mm-hmm. And with a big crowd of not only physical people, but all of creation was looking at that moment. And Jesus wasn't apathetic. He stretched out his arms, stretched out his feet, let them be nailed, mm. and to be lifted up in front of all of those people and say, I'm coming to meet a need that you are completely unable to. And I give insurance and a risen Christ and an empty tomb. And I love how Ephesians even puts it because Ephesians says, as Jesus said in John, I'm going to give you a counselor, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you to empower you and to remind you of all of these very truths. So that when you get to Ephesians chapter 1, um, verse 11, it says, In him we have attained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and there's that word Rebecca opened us up with, believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is the guarantee, the, in, the insurance of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Hmm. Nicely done. Really good time being together today. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Yeah. Amen. And word. Word. And word. Yes. You word always, up. You always inspired me to uh, try to learn more words because you have such a huge vocabulary. We might have to put that big word that she had on 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 the uh, the website that whatever long word that she she the said longest word I've ever seen and she knew it and knew how to pronounce it and she amazed me. And what's so amazing is that's that's a big long word and it's really weighty, but there's one word with five letters and it holds all the weight and that's the word and name Jesus. Amen. All right, thank you so much. The Monday afternoon mix, awesome as always. Take a little break. That wraps up our. One and hour two is going to be Philip Shorey is going to be joining me, and he's a performance artist and has an incredible story. Oh my, you're not going to want to miss any of this. We'll take a short break and be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.